This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Lott Sami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Serdorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. americasrt.com. Follow us on Facebook, America's Roundtable, and Twitter at americasrt. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com. Welcome to America's Roundtable. This weekend on America's Roundtable, we are delighted to bring you to Israel, where we gathered for the fourth Jerusalem Leaders Summit with leaders from America, Europe, and from the Jewish state joining us to strengthen ties with Israel. The Jerusalem Leaders Summit takes place where the desert blooms, innovation thrives, and timeless principles are affirmed. And in this broadcast, we shall hear from Senator Jim DeMint, Ambassador David Friedman, Congressman Mike Bost, and other distinguished guests, including Flor Hassan Noom, Jerusalem's Deputy Mayor. I'm Jolan and Sami, your co-host, along with Natasha Sardoch, inviting you to Israel. Join us for these special messages from the Promised Land. Shalom, shalom, toda shabbatem. I'm Jolan and Sami, co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and co-founder of the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. Welcome to the fourth Jerusalem Leaders Summit taking place in the capital city of the Jewish state of Israel. Indeed, it is our great honor to host this public policy gathering in partnership with the Washington Times. And we are truly honored to co-host this event with the Menachem Begin Heritage Center. And our deep gratitude is extended to its president, Herzl Markov, and the senior leadership, including Ilana Brown and Paul Gross. Indeed, our convening here in Jerusalem sends a strong signal and a message that like-minded leaders from America and Europe stand with Israel, affirm its sovereignty, and support principal efforts that strengthens this strategic partnership. The reason that we launched the inaugural uh, International Leaders Summit, the Jerusalem Leaders Summit in 2015, in the first place, was to affirm our shared values and beginning to address key issues. Noticeably, the erosion of the rule of law in the West, the dangerous rise of anti-Semitism in Europe and the United States, Israel's security threats in the region with Iran, a state sponsor of terrorism, aiming to develop nuclear weapons. And our convening in Jerusalem today is to reaffirm the important responsibility that leaders and engaged stakeholders, the electorate have in the West as guardians of the rule of law civilization, to be ever vigilant in strengthening the rule of law, which protects life, liberty, freedom of speech, and private property. On the important subject of America's ties with the Jewish people, we are told that no longer after delivering that Emancipation Proclamation in 1863, President Abram Lincoln met with a Canadian clergyman, a Christian Zionist by the name of Henry Monk, on the topic of supporting the Jewish community. President Lincoln then said, restoring the Jews to their national home is a noble dream and one shared by many Americans. And America's leaders were faithful in their support of the Jewish community 
globally. And shortly after the days and the dark days of World War II and the Holocaust, when Israel's leaders declared an independent state, America was the first nation to acknowledge its sovereignty. And according to U.S. data, over the years since 1948, U.S. taxpayers have provided $148 billion to support the military efforts and to support its defense uh, in Israel. And that bond of economic and security partnership has been tested through time and has brought forth also new opportunities. Today, as we celebrate the Abram Accords, it is a historic event in the Middle East and the world. But let me remind us all, it is still the most underreported successful story in America. And this must change. If we are to change and wage the competition of principal ideas and, and present solutions that are working for all. When referring to the Abraham Accords, one must reflect on the courageous work of brave leaders, Menachem Begin and Anwar Sadat, who did the impossible. And in 1978, they rebuffed the doubters of the day by joining as peacemakers and signing the Camp David Accords between Israel and Egypt. And it is fitting that we celebrate the Abram Accords right here at the Begin Center. And as I conclude, I would like to remind our enlightened uh, participants and engaged listeners and viewers of a few statistics. The University of Maryland in its study found that more Democrat uh, registered voters support the boycott, divestment and sanctions movement, which targets Israel than those who oppose it. 33% of Democratic voters support BDS, while only 10% oppose it. And I must state that 9% of registered Republican voters also support BDS, and that number is rising. We must address this troubling trend along with the concerns of ESG. The environmental social governance ratings are targeting Israel under the human rights category. Efforts to dissuade investors from Israel in the boycott the Jewish state violates a great many state laws, and media reports reveal that assets in dedicated ESG mutual funds, institutional mandates, and private funds are on track to grow from $8 trillion today to as much as $30 trillion by the end of this decade. If not addressed, this will impact Israel's economic growth. And rather than deploying the same old methods to addressing these challenges, I reach out and we all reach out to Israel's citizens and leaders, the Jewish diaspora in America and Europe, and our fellow Americans. And I, I know that we all do deeply care about U.S.-Israel relations, that we embrace a new rethink discuss and deploy new strategies based on timeless principles to turn this great tide. We just celebrated Hanukkah, a message of freedom that is represented when, when we light these candles and look at the menorah. A great friend in Jerusalem shared this with me a few days ago. When there is just one light or candlelight shining in the darkness, one just sees a faint light. However, when there are hundreds and thousands and millions of individuals holding that candle, it basically brightens the world, it takes away that great void, and the world is lit up and darkness is defeated. Our friends and partners, grounded in timeless principles, united in our common goals, we can join together to shine that bright light and advance our shared values from the ramparts of freedom. And may God bless our friends in Europe today during these dark and uncertain days, and may God bless America and Israel. Toda
At this moment, we welcome Herzl Markov, president of the Medikin Begin Heritage Center here in Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my great pleasure to welcome you here to the Menachem Begin Heritage Center for this Jerusalem Leaders Summit. For those of you who are visiting our center for the first time, I want to welcome you especially. I am proud to say that today, the Menachem Begin Heritage Center is one of Israel's leading institutes for Zionist education. At the center, we have collected and archived all of Menachem Begin's speeches and writings. <laughs> Alongside our museum about Begin's life and achievements, we also run a wide variety of educational programs, teaching and inspiring people with Begin's model of leadership, his devotion to the Jewish people, and his commitment to Israel's security and prosperity. There are many things that can be said about Menachem Begin. As a prime minister with so many achievements in just six years in office, as a leader of the opposition, staying true to his principle and defending Israeli democracy, as a freedom fighter for his people, one of the founding fathers of the reborn Jewish state. I'd like, with your permission, to focus, though, on two very specific aspects of the man and on one of his most far-reaching achievements. The first is that Menachem Begin was a man of faith. It is perhaps confusing for, uh, our, uh, for Israel Christian friends to think of the Jewish state with an entirely secular leadership. Yet, this was the case for the first 29 years of Israel existence. Israel governments were led by the Labour Party until Begin's dramatic election victory in 1977. This socialist government were led by the likes of David Ben-Gurion, Levi Eshkol, and Golda Meir. Make no mistake, these were great patriotic Israeli leaders, but they had no connection to traditional Judaism. Begin was quite different. He was a man of deep reverence for the Jewish tradition. His speeches were often littered with biblical references. We have a recording uh, on our archive at the Begin Center of an interview that Begin gave to an American television in 1981. He concludes the interview with the following words. I am a simple man. I'm working for my people. I fought for just cause. And so I will continue with all the deep faith in my heart, faith in God and faith in divine providence. And this brings me to the second aspect I want to focus on. It was Menachem Begin who first embraced the growing community of Christian Zionists in the United States and other states. On the American side, there were a great many men and women who have contributed to establish the connection. But on Israeli side, Begin stand as a singular figure responsible for welcoming Christian Zionism 
and setting the stage for the extraordinary relationship that exists today. Begin was a man of faith. He had a deep and instinctive respect for other men and women of faith. He read the biblical prophets with their promises of the Jewish return to Zion in the same way, with the same conviction as our Christian friends. And speaking of conviction, he arrived to the Prime Minister's <coughs> office in 1977 with a mission to make peace. Uh, this surprised many around the world who had been warned by Begin's political rivals here that he was a warmonger. They were sure that peace between Israel and the Arabs was impossible with Begin's as Prime Minister. And as we know, they could not have been more wrong. He actively pursued peace with Egypt, and it was his combination of cautious pragmatism and unwavering principles which made him the first Israeli leader to sign a peace agreement with an Arab state. Not just any Arab state, but the leader of the Arab world. I know that today we will be hearing about the Abraham Accord, the sequel to Begin's groundbreaking achievement. It is not always easy to be hopeful about the Middle East. This is not a region that inspires optimism. But the Abraham Accord was a shining exception, a moment of hope and an example of what is possible when leaders can put aside their prejudice and can reject the false narratives that for so long were used to justify hatred of Israel and of Jews. Today, I'm sure we will hear plenty of hope and optimism, and perhaps also a little about the threat we face as well. I look forward very much to hearing from the wonderful speaker that have been invited, Joel and Natasha. You have worked tirelessly to make this event happen. I want to thank you personally for your efforts and for your commitment to the values which our two countries share. Thank you for all you do to strengthen the unique bonds between Israel and the United States of America. Thank you all for coming and enjoy the evening. Thank you so much, Betsy. It's a great pleasure to be here and we look forward to a larger Jerusalem Leaders Summit to just continue with the legacy that we started in 2015. Thank you so much. Uh, dear ladies and gentlemen, I'm Natasha Silich, co-founder of uh, the International Leaders Summit and Jerusalem Leaders Summit. Over the past century, American leadership has had a profound impact in Israel and the Middle East. America was the first nation to officially recognize the Jewish state independence nearly 75 years ago. America partnered with Israel to protect its sovereignty through military aid and supported peace initiatives in the with the neighbors in the region. American leadership was instrumental in supporting the Camp David Accords signed by Egyptian President Anwar Sadat and Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin in 1975, which was a precursor, as Hersi mentioned, to Abraham Accords. And most recently, in 2020, 
The Abraham Accords were signed between Israel, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, in Washington, D.C. during the Trump administration. Morocco and Sudan joined the Abraham Accords soon after, and all the signatories committed to pursue a vision of peace, security, and prosperity in the Middle East and around the world. Signing of the Abraham Accords was a historic accomplishment in bringing peoples together that have been cut off from opportunities to trade and invest between themselves and from visiting each other. Through Abraham Accords, these countries also signed, actually aligned against Iran, a regime, a regime driven by its dangerous aim to develop nuclear weapons and terrorize its neighbors. Finally, Abraham Accords signatories recognized that the peace and prosperity in the Middle East is possible, despite Palestinian leadership opposition. And as the U.S. Ambassador David Friedman said in his excellent book, Sledgehammer, how breaking with the past brought peace in the Middle East, and he said, and I quote, And finally, peace with the Palestinians is possible. If we learn one thing about the Abraham Accords, it is that the historic conflict between Jews and Muslims is neither religious, nor racial, nor inevitable. Indeed, many do not even remember why the conflict ever existed. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict can be resolved with bold new Palestinian leadership who place the interests of their people above their own Swiss bank accounts. End of quote. The momentum that was built through the Abraham Accords by the Trump administration came to a sudden halt with the Biden administration. Why would anyone derail a trajectory of the Middle East to peace, security, and prosperity? And the most obvious answer to this could be, as Ronald Reagan said, there is no limit to the amount of good you can do if you don't care who gets the credit. We have an opportunity to continue with the expansion of the Abraham Accords, which came to a halt. The incoming Speaker of the House and members of the Republican Party must assert principal leadership. The U.S. Constitution provides clear guidance to exert the legislative branch responsibility in the arena of commerce with foreign nations. The U.S. Constitution's Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3 gives Congress the power to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states. Supporting the principal policy of expanding the Abraham Accords by engaging nations such as Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Qatar, and other Arab nations would usher in a new era of peace, prosperity, and stability for the region and beyond. Thank you. We're delighted to have the Deputy Mayor of the City of Jerusalem with us, uh, Flor Hassan Nahum, who has uh, just a few minutes before she heads back into another City Council meeting. Uh, so it's with great honor and great delight that we welcome you to the 4th Jerusalem Leaders Summit. Hi, good evening everyone. It's so wonderful to be here. Um, 
as as uh, Mayor Ravivi can tell you, at the end of the year we're just closing our budgets, and so we're running from one meeting to the next, and hopefully we'll have a government who will give us some money um, so we can close even bigger budgets for the development of the city of Jerusalem. But it's really wonderful to be here with all of you, and well done, uh, George Kelly, because really you've always made Jerusalem the center of this conference, and it's not something that we take for granted here in Jerusalem. For us, of course, we are the center of the world. We're also the capital city of the state of Israel, but also the entire Jewish world. We are one of the most important spiritual cities in the planet. Um, and the centrality of Jerusalem is something that we work very hard uh, to develop here. And thank you so much for contributing to that. Um, I see some excellencies in the audience. I'm very happy that you all came. We in Jerusalem are actually an incredible mirror image of a potential future demography of the state of Israel. We are the largest city in the country. We, by far, we're almost a million people. The next largest city in size and quantity of population is Tel Aviv with almost half a million people. Um, and we're also the most diverse city in the country. We have about 25% ultra-Orthodox population. We have almost 40% Arab population. And the rest of us is a, a nice mix of all sorts. And ultimately, people see Jerusalem as the core of the challenges. But I see Jerusalem as, in fact, the laboratory of the solutions not just of the city, but of the country and the region. It is in Jerusalem that we have that opportunity to build the models for this change that we're looking for, this improvement that we're looking for. And this is what we do in Jerusalem. We're building the models every day for bridge building. We're bringing economic opportunity and embracing minorities into the prosperity of the startup nation. And sometimes, I'll tell you a little secret, to do it on a local level is way easier and less charged than trying to do it on the national level. So my privilege is to be able to get up in the morning and actually help people day to day build those bridges from the ground up. And that really is the only way that we're going to have some type of peaceful resolution in this country. And just to finish off, I've been really, really privileged uh, in the last two years to have been intimately involved with the work to do the Abraham Accords. And I see this actually as an extension of the work that we do in Jerusalem. It's that same bridge building capacity that we're doing here on a local level, that we're doing on a national level, that we're going to be doing on the regional level with the Abraham Accords. And that really is the only solution. Building friendships, building trust, building business partnerships, building cultural collaborations, everything, the model of what we're doing here in Jerusalem is a microcosm of what we're going to do in the country and in the region. So I'm thrilled again that you're all here. Have a wonderful conference. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Shalom. This is Senator Jim DeMent, and I'm honored to address the fourth Jerusalem Leaders Summit. From here in Washington, D.C., America's capital city, to Jerusalem, the capital city of Israel, I greet leaders participating in Jerusalem and those joining us virtually from all around the world. Our gathering affirms America's strong bonds of partnership with the Jewish state of Israel and a commitment to advance our shared values 
and timeless principles. America's founding fathers demonstrated strong support for the Jewish community, including George Washington, John Adams, and Abraham Lincoln. President George Washington, America's first president, wrote, May the children of the stock of Abraham, who dwell in the land, continue to merit and enjoy the goodwill of the other inhabitants, while everyone shall sit in safety under his own vine and fig tree, and there shall be none to make him afraid. In 1819, John Adams made the first pro-Zionist declaration by an American head of state after receiving a book from Mordecai Noah, a Jewish-American newspaper editor, politician, and diplomat. Adams wrote, For I really wish the Jews, again in Judea, an independent nation. That dream and vision of Jews around the world became a reality when at midnight on May 14, 1948, the provisional government of Israel proclaimed a new state of Israel. The United States immediately recognized the authority of the Jewish state on that same day. Israel will soon be celebrating its 75th anniversary as an independent nation. We join you in celebrating this extraordinary achievement. The Jewish state of Israel is a beacon of freedom in the Middle East and the world with its foundation based on the rule of law. As we gather today and look at the future, we are also reminded of the importance of advancing strategic initiatives that are beginning to make a real difference in the region. The Abraham Accords, led by the Trump administration and with our partner Israel, have brought together nations, including the United Arab Emirates, the Kingdom of Bahrain, Morocco, and Sudan, in normalizing the relations with the Jewish state. These historic Abraham Accords may be one of the most underreported success stories of our time. According to Israel's Ministry of Economic Affairs, trade between Israel and the Gulf states reached 1.4 billion in the last half year alone. Almost half a million Israelis have visited the UAE over the last two years. We believe that more can be done and should be done through the encouragement and positive engagement of American leadership and America's allies around the world. You can count on America's leaders who are committed to strengthening U.S.-Israel ties to join with you in pursuing a vision of peace, security, and prosperity in the Middle East and around the world. I close by sharing these words from President Ronald Reagan that he delivered at a White House meeting with Jewish leaders in 1983. He said, Since the foundation of the State of Israel, the United States has stood by her and helped her to pursue security, peace, and economic growth. Our friendship is based on historic, moral, and strategic ties, as well as our shared dedication to democracy. Friends, I look forward to being back in Jerusalem soon and meeting with all of you. May God bless Israel and may God bless the United States of America. Shalom.
This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Lott and Sami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. americasrt.com. Follow us on Facebook, America's Roundtable, and Twitter at americasrt. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com. Welcome to America's Roundtable.